Right. Who wants to introduce this one? You do it. Okay. <clears throat> Hello, listeners. <laughs> oh, God. This is Kevin. And today, I'm, I'm going a bit Yoda, aren't I? What do you want to say? It's Yoda. <clears throat> Hello, this is Calvin, and today we're talking about it again. Oh, no, wait, not again. We're talking about the other version of it. Oh, wait, we are talking about it again, because you guys... Wait, what? What's about the name it. of the film, though, Calvin? Calvin, you, Calvin, you've missed you've missed the <laughs> gag opportunity. <laughs> mm. I'm um, pretty sure you did that at the start of the other one as well. He's done it at the start of most way. episodes. It's come back done. about three times. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, so I'm here with Sol. Yeah, that that was the scariest intro I think we've ever had. On the... <laughs> and Alan. Hello, Calvin. Uh, I heard we're doing it tonight. Wait, let me rephrase that. Um. I heard we're doing it tonight. Um, right, so we talked about the film version of It uh, from the 90s. I think it was 1990, the one yeah. that starred Tim Curry. It's it a TV, TV miniseries. TV miniseries, yeah, of course it was. Yeah, why it's so bloody long. Often edited into a, into a three-hour film. Yeah, yeah. So we talked about it way back when. Um, in 2017, actually, in anticipation of this, and you guys saw the new version at the cinema at the time of release. Am I correct? You mm-hmm. are correct, sir. Right. Because I've only just seen it recently, two days ago, in fact, for this oh. record. So uh... <laughs> Seen what, Calvin? Seen what? <sighs> and I actually can't remember what you thought of it when you uh, <laughs> saw it. <laughs> Do you want to refresh... People's memories who can't remember that. Uh, well, that's what this whole episode of... is going to be, isn't it? So, what is it? <laughs> it's about clown. It is, yes. It's the same plot as the first half of the last uh, time we talked about it, which is a clown terrorizing a bunch of kids based on a Stephen King novel. Mm-hmm. Um, that, well, the, the clown itself is more just the vessel that this... Uh, multi-dimensional evil inhabits and it appears once every 27 years i believe um to uh terrorize children and feed on their fear ostensibly something like that and and i think i mean it also feeds on their flesh a little bit but it, mm. it's never quite <laughs> clear <laughs> i don't remember one. that yeah from the tim curry one all that much this one like gets his teeth out quite a bit it's like got alien mm. jaw sort of thing yeah well, just to to give a bit of background, if if anyone hasn't listened to our previous it episode, which we talked about the miniseries, um, basic conclusion that it was a bit crap, and the stuff with the kids worked a lot better than the stuff with the adults. Mm. I think was basically our, uh, and I think we said even on our episode that it would benefit from having. Maybe it was me who said it, but I think I said, like, I'm much more interested in the kids' story. I think you could just tell that half of the story and it'd be great, um, which is what they then did with this new version. Mm. Of of course, they're doing the second half as well, but I think it works probably better to separate it out like that. Uh, in the book, um, also when we did the last episode, I tried to read Stephen King's It and couldn't manage it because it's so shit. Uh, hmm. There's a typo on the front cover, isn't there, Ellen? They missed the H off. It was it's maybe Stephen King shit. <laughs> hmm. uh, yeah, but classic Stephen King, really, all his worst um, faults in, in in one book, bloated and kind of just nonsense. Just anyway, so we I don't think any of us particularly cared for that the kind of classic Tim Curry style it, um, hmm. and we even slagged off Tim Curry a bit, which is uh, not a very popular opinion. <laughs> I don't think you liked him, did you? Yeah, I mean, I, I love Tim Curry. I think he's great, but I think I said it's it's a performance of his that's sort of devoid of Tim Curry, and I don't really understand why it's one of the fan-favourite Tim Curry roles, because, I don't know, he, he's not even doing his <laughs> voice. He's just he's doing, like, a weird American thing, so... <laughs> So that was the take on the that kind of the the classic version of it, and then 
this new version has come out, and so we've seen the yeah, first. They've done, they've done a new one, part of the current Stephen King wave, the little Stephen King mm. renaissance that we're having. Yeah. Uh, so, what we're actually going to do today is discuss in more detail it 2017, uh, which uh, is um, uh, where do we start? It is hmm. the kids' half of the story, and. Um, that's the main change they've made. Mm. It's re it's updated to be set in the eighties. Um, that is basically they've set it because this thing comes back every twenty seven years. They've just sort of reset it so that it's twenty seven years back to the late eighties. I think the period setting adds a lot of character to the film. I'm assuming it's set in Maine. I'm assuming that. I think it is. <laughs> I think it is, yeah. yeah uh, I'm sure there's be. a title card that comes up at some point. Um, yeah. What I didn't realise uh, was how much of it was like a development hell history this had and how many years it actually took it to get to the screen with different mm, directors really. attached, different actors. Will Poulter was supposed to play it uh, Wait, in what? one version. Yeah. Um, he, it was, uh, uh, I just looked this up because, uh, one of the screenwriters on this is Kerry Fukunaga, who is, of course, directing the new Bond film, um, and he was gonna direct this at one point, I think 2010 or something like that, and his choice to play the clown was, um, yeah, Will Poulter. So they were going with, like, a, a clown who's also a kid. Uh, well, you say that. Will Poulter's about, he must be about our age. He's probably not too far in age from um, Bill Skarsgård. Yeah, you're talking about them doing this like 10 years ago though, aren't you, with him? Um, well, 2012. Oh yeah, no, actually that's true. Yeah, 2012. Um, so he would have just been like, yeah, 20 years Very old. Very young. I mean, yeah. I, you know what? I like Will Poulter. I think I slagged him off in our Maze Runner episode. Yeah? I don't, I don't think I slagged him off so much as... I thought you hated him. You, no, it's his looks you were No, I said about. he was really ugly. Yeah, it wasn't about yeah. distracting. Yeah, but we would be in like in the middle of talking about something else, and then you'd, we're not even talking about Maze Runner, and you'll just come out with like, oh god, that, that Will Poulter guy is really ugly. I don't know why I did an <laughs> Irish accent there. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Now, uh, you, you do but, have quite a thing about him. Well, I just find, it, I find him very weird looking. And mm. in the Maze Runner, when they're just trying to act like he's a normal kid, mm. I hate it. Because mm. he's, like, really ugly, and it's just like, oh, stop acting like he's a Hollywood heartthrob. It's the eyebrow, mm. isn't But it? I've, since, I've since seen him in Black Mirror Bandersnatch, where he basically played Garth Marenghi, <laughs> and uh, Midsummer as well, which we were talking about before we started recording. And uh, no, I, I actually really like him as an actor. I like it when he pops up and stuff. Um, I'm a fan of his. I just hmm. don't want him to like. I don't want. I don't want to see him being sexualized. <laughs> sexualized. Anyway, hmm. he's not in this. So, <laughs> <laughs> would he have been a good Pennywise? Uh, uh well, you know, you know, on paper, I wouldn't think that Bill Skarsgård would make a very good Pennywise. Like, and yeah. talking about attractiveness, I think Bill Skarsgård is like one of the most attractive men alive. I think he's absolutely mm. gorgeous. So, it's to... it's in a very kind of it's in a very like it could go either way kind of way though. You know, he's in that same like area as Steve Buscemi, mm. <laughs> and like Steve Buscemi's kind of sadly like just come out the other side of it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He's yeah. like teetering on the edge of like super hot and just weird. Mm. It's something to do with those sunken eyes. There's yeah. like sunken yeah. big eyes. Um, junky. So have you got that? Have you got um, Alan? What's clown fetish called? There's a name for it. Ooh. Are you hot for Pennywise, Calvin? That's no, no, no. Well, that's my point. I'm not at all. I think it's a, a really good feat of makeup. And performance as well, that he manages to do it. Because you wouldn't necessarily think that, oh yeah, get the young, good-looking guy for the creepy interdimensional clown. But I, I think it works very well, actually. I was reading somewhere that, like, Tilda Swinton was uh, another contender for the role at one <laughs> point. And yeah, Hugo that Weaving. Makes, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Mark Rylance. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I'm so glad Jared Leto didn't get it. <laughs> yeah. You, you know he'll have been gunning for that part. Uh, probably, yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, no, I think I think right off the bat, the the opening scene to this film is pretty much a recreation of the same bit from the previous uh, miniseries yeah. with the little boy outside playing with the boat in the drains, and then um, yeah, the clown pops up. I mean, it's shot for shot almost. I can't figure it out because it is so similar to the opening in the original mm. uh, version, but it's kind of good here. Yeah, yeah. I don't know now, if how it have was... they how have they managed that? It's basically the same thing, but it's so much better. Well, it, yeah, no, it's um, I I can't imagine that the directors sort of like went back to the original and said, "Oh, well, this is going to be a brilliant homage to this." I just assume that there's only so many ways you can film, like you know, a, a kid talking to someone in a drain. Yeah, um, I think I think the the performance on that little kid I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. probably a big part of it. I, yeah, I guess it's properly pissing it down in this film. I don't think the weather was quite as extreme in the original one, which is probably a budgetary mm-hmm. thing. This is obviously shot much nicer, just in terms of lenses and things like that, mm-hmm. um, and color grading. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bill Skarsgård just isn't. Uh, well, there's a bit of camp in there, but uh, not as much so as Tim Curry. Like that, that does just take me out of that uh, first film. It, it's not true throughout the whole film, but as a standalone sequence, in the original, he's just like, "Hey, Georgie, I'm scary." Blah, 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 blah. Whereas yeah. in this, he's that he is put, like walking that fine line between being quite friendly and jovial, and you can kind of believe Georgie would be a bit taken in and you get the sense that he's actually luring him Mm. below a lot more I think Mm. rather than just being a scary clown so there's kind of this double layer thing plus then the the extreme violence against a a little child as well I'm a huge fan of the fact that he rips this little boy's arm off and then you see the little boy crawling across the, the wet road like screaming in pain blood gushing out it's it's unexpected, like genuinely shocking as a result, and I I, I find it genuinely very disturbing mm. in in a way that is clearly intended, and I I think testament to good horror. It, it's it's a, an image that lingers with me. It's not, mm. but it's not like gratuitous or just you know torture porn. It, it's just like that's a scary image, and mm. uh, I like they don't pull their punches in any sort of. Hollywood has a tendency to be like, well, the kid's going to be all right. The dog can't Mm. die. And this Mm. film's just like, nah, fuck it. The bit that really gets me is um, when uh, he's making him laugh. He's making the kid laugh. And then he just suddenly just stops and just like glares at him and makes this weird sound. It's like, oh, it's so creepy. That's another thing I love. I absolutely love the depiction of Pennywise in this film. Mm. He does. He doesn't work for me in the original at all. But everything about him in this film is so otherworldly and alien. Mm. Um, I think in our our previous episode where we touched on it, I compared him to the Anglefish. You know those <laughs> deep sea fucking oh, yes. weird things with like little lures on the like yeah. that are meant to look like glowworms or whatever they are. Mm. It's like that. You get the sense that he's this kind of puppet being dangled by some greater entity that you don't mm. quite perceive and you're just getting this kind of humanoid thing that you know appears to be like a, a, a an evil clown but it's actually just like a tendril or something on whatever the hell Pennywise actually is mm. um, I think it works really well that the way he'll just kind of his eyes will just kind of drift off into kind of <laughs> going uh, cross-eyed and, and mm. I don't like I think his eyes just out. do that I don't know if that's Oh no! There's some definite CGI uh, cross-eyed CGI's. Like, yeah, moment. definitely. There's even in the <laughs> even in the storm drain sequence, um, like the way he's lit, he's got like a light on his mouth, and you can tell that's just a natural light. Well, not natural light, but a normal light because as he moves, it sort of it stays in place. But then his eyes are just shining, and there's, there's kind of no natural mm. way that you could get light on it. That so it must have been kind of enhanced. Mm. I got, I got. I got attacked by Pennywise last night, guys. What? I I watched I watched Hereditary for the first time, and it was very scary. Right. And then I looked out the window, <laughs> one of my windows in my flat, and I'm gonna I'm gonna send you the photo. Fuck off. <laughs> what? 
This isn't even a joke, by the way. This is just an actual picture I took. This, this is the kind of thing where I'd be setting up a bit and I'm going to send you a photo of, like, Nigel Thornbury or something. <laughs> right, so, have you got the picture there? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I see. Can, can you zoom in? Yep, the zoom top window. The, the immediate, yeah. Yeah. The What's that? The two little shiny eyes that Georgie sees when he's down in the basement in the opening yeah, scene. Yeah, there's, al- there's, there's almost like a sort of humanoid, very faint outline around it as well. Yeah, no, I don't like that. Don't like that. Why do you send me that? It's a cat. <laughs> Not a cat. <laughs> Fucking cat. I know it looks like a cat, right? <laughs> I sent it to someone else, and they went. I sent it to someone else when I was looking at it, and they were like, "It's a cat." And I was like, "I, I promise you, I see how you're making it appear to be a cat." Looking yeah, at that photo, because cats I eyes promise shine. You it's not a cat in the light, and it's exactly the height a cat would be if it was sat on a windowsill. <laughs> I promise you, it's not a cat. <laughs> I'll tell you what it actually is, Alan. Oh, go on, right? Then. It's a reflection in the in the glass of a at a very specific angle. No, because <laughs> if you move, you can uh, stop the reflection, and it'll be there again tonight. I think. Oh, watching you. Yeah. <laughs> My um, a friend of mine, she's got a four-year-old little girl, and she's apparently <laughs> for some reason, and she doesn't know where she's got it from. This girl has got into the habit of just going, "Mummy, there's a ghost in the in the room." Oh, there's, God. A, there's a ghost in the bathroom, <laughs> Mammy. <laughs> and, like, and she knows she's just pissing about. Like, she's doing it for a joke. But, like, she doesn't know where she's got it from or why she's doing it. Mm. Like, she's not scared. She's not like, oh, there's something under my bed. She's just pissing it's about. It's weird how kids do that, isn't it? It's genuinely a bit... Um, just about this opening scene, uh, one more thing that I want to talk about that I just absolutely loved is when uh, Georgie has had his arm bitten off and he's like crawling away. He's actually quite a ways from the drain and we get this great overhead shot and you see Pennywise's hand just coming out, arm coming out from the drain. And it looks like he's, got, like, there's no way a, you know, a normal human arm would be able to reach Georgie at that point. But you're seeing it coming out and you're sort of like thinking, am I going to see it like extend all the way over to him? And you don't. They cut away. And then the next shot is close of a Georgie as he's being pulled back into the drain, implying that the arm did in fact reach him. Yeah. But, uh, I just loved that, that they didn't show like this goofy, like, you know, eight foot arm reaching out. I, I think this film is very masterfully crafted from a technical point of view. Just mm. the, the the sort of... St- just purely, you know, like that, the the language of filmmaking, the choice of shots, the choice of lenses, all that stuff mm. that I largely goes over my head, to be perfectly honest. I, I'm not particularly familiar, you know, with cinematography to the point that I understand things like deep focus and so on. But mm. I can tell when I'm watching, you know, something from someone who does understand it and it, it makes a world of difference. And I, I think it's particularly effective in horror for whatever reason Mm. um and yeah this is this is a film that makes masterful use of its cinematography Mm. um not to mention its editing it's everything about this film is just done to a very high standard frankly the acting Mm. you know it's it's great yeah 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 Mm-hmm. So, um, should we talk about the main uh, kids? Because that's just the prologue, and then the main bulk mm. of the film is this mm. bunch of kids and their lives and and all this. Shall I t- shall I take the opportunity to? Because we are talking about this because there's a new one coming out. Yeah. Do you want to know who's playing them in the new version? Do you know already? You probably know some of them. I've seen the trailer. I read it somewhere, so... but yeah, you can remind us. All right. Um. So who have we got? We've got Richie. He's um. He seems to be something of a fan favorite character, little kid. He's it's that kid out of Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's why he's the fan favorite. Yeah, I hate him. I think he's awful. I don't think he's very good. Oh, yeah, I, like I, him. I, 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 I honestly, I watched this film and I came away saying, I think I might have even said it on this podcast, but I, I certainly said it to my partner at the time. I liked all those kids. I thought they were all amazing, apart from that fucking comedian one. Mm. And then she was like, that was a Stranger Things kid. And I was like, oh, that's why he's shit. Stranger <laughs> Things is shit. Oh, and I don't understand on. why everyone well, loves I haven't, it. Well, I haven't seen Stranger Things, so I'm unbiased. And I, I liked him. I liked the character. I thought he played it well. Do you know what my problem is with him? And maybe this is a creative decision I don't like. <laughs> you, don't like you, you don't like it when there's a funny one in the group, because it takes your place. Why, why do I like you then, Alan? Hey? 
<laughs> That's why you hate Matthew Perry so much. <laughs> <laughs> I love Matthew Perry. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, I, I, I think it's because he's too realistic a portrayal of a child trying to be funny. Yeah. And I just find that grating and <laughs> annoying. Because... Because when he does a voice, he does a kind of... It's like this this sort of... There's a specific kind of putting on a voice that a lot of children do. And it's it's just embarrassing. None of none of his jokes are remotely funny. But like you say, it's supposed to be a, a 13-year-old trying to be funny, isn't he? That's not, I think that's the point. Yeah, but then when Bai becomes a successful stand-up comedian, I mean... Well, we haven't got to that I bit yet. Know. I know, mm. but I just, I just really... I dislike him in this film. He, he, everything about that performance comes across like an actor who is uncomfortable in his own skin. Yeah, and it doesn't come across like an actor portraying a character who is uncomfortable in their own skin and has therefore turned to comedy as a defense mechanism. It comes across like an actor attempting to just be the funny kid who's like a bit, you know, quirky who hasn't put that much thought and effort into it, who is just uncomfortable in their own skin. And I, I think they are the weak link of this film. Um, well, I, I don't. I can't say I agree. I've, I have no problem with him at all, really. Well, I hate. Him. I, 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 I agree. I just thought he was wooden, and I think yeah. um, everything that you just said, like how he is playing it, I think works in Stranger Things because he is playing a very um, mm. shy, nerdy character in that first season. Anyway, I think he gets worse as the series go on. Um, but yeah, here I wasn't a fan. He was the only one. But then I don't know how much of that is like, he was the only kid that I knew of. So. Apparently they're digitally de-aging him for the sequel, because he's gone through puberty. Oh, whoops. So yet another, yet another fuck up from that kid. Did they, um, did they shoot this stuff back to back, or at least the kid stuff? For well, that reason. It would have made sense, wouldn't it? I got the impression that the kid stuff in this one is going to be a handful of flashbacks rather than anything too serious. Yeah, I can't imagine. So why didn't they just shoot massive. them at the time? Probably hadn't written it, had they? Fucking Hollywood. <laughs> well, you know, they they had no idea this was going to be successful enough to make, you know, the money to yeah, justify making the second the one. The thing is set up for a sequel. It's not, you know what I mean? You've got to be yeah. planning to make it. Yeah, well, yeah. Anyway, uh, do you know who's playing him in the new one? The adult version? I do. No. Bill Hader. I'm quite pleased with that. I, I think that'll be, mm. be interesting. Is it Bill Hader? No. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, a dramatic turn from Bill Hader. He's he's actually quite a good actor, but um, he's not. I've not seen him in much drama. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. I like Bill Hader. He's good. Barry Barry is excellent. You should watch it. Uh, all right, who else have we got? We've got uh, young Calvin. What? <laughs> uh, played by Jack Dylan Grazer. Is that the sickly the, one uh, who gets the, mothered all the time? The kid out of Shazam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he's 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 called Eddie. Right. Yeah. He's the one with the overbearing mother who. Uh, yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. No. The one is you, Calvin. He was one. my favorite, actually. So maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I I really like this kid. I think this is a great performance. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, a character is very likable. Yeah. Uh, Jack Dylan Grazer. Um, I've since seen in Shazam. Didn't realize it was the same kid till I. Oh god, I he's Brian Grazer's nephew. Oh well, okay. Hmm. Oh, well, yeah. oh, I think we talked about that when we looked at Shazam, didn't we? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I think he's decent. I, I did. I liked him in uh, Shazam, but it's it's also acting that I see not aging well. Do you know what I mean? And I don't just mean like what when he gets a bit older, it's gonna be like yeah. But I don't just mean his looks. I don't mean like oh, he's gonna. Haley Joel Osment. I mean, there's something about his acting which works acting. as a child. It's quite yeah, actory, yeah. if you know what that means. But it, it it works in this sort of context. But I'm not sure how well that's gonna play out later. Yeah, he's being played uh, by James Ransone, whoever the fuck that is in the new uh, version. Uh, James Ransone. Who's that? I kind of when I first heard Bill Hader was going to be in the film, I kind of assumed he was playing that guy. But it's weird because you could you could honestly cast Bill Hader as three of these kids <laughs> as an adult and it would work. Not <laughs> think. You just like Bill. Maybe Hader. even a four. Because <laughs> he could definitely play that stutter kid as well, Bill. It depends how they grow up and how they like. I mean, we do know because we've seen the version before. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we've got Bill. He's got a stutter. He's played by Jaden Martell. 
Um, he is he's not great at doing the stutter, but he gets away with it just about. But other than that, again, a good performance, very likable. Right. Yeah, I think the character um, is that that character is essentially the lead. Is sort of set up as our hero, you know, the one we're kind of following the main story. Yeah. Because he's the one with the re- this real kind of character arc of the story with the younger brother. Mm. Um, but then it does become a more of an ensemble piece, really. Mm. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's a little bit... But I that doesn't come across as messy, though. Actually, it works. Mm. Mm. And, but I think we keep coming back to him and focusing on him. And then there's a whole kind of love triangle thing as well, which we'll come to in a minute. Uh, well, yeah, I'll tell you how you know he is being set up as our main protagonist. Because of who they cast in the as the older him? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Calvin? James McAvoy. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. So, yeah. Which, again, exciting. Yeah, well. cool. I'll enjoy yeah, that. That's good. Have we ever seen him do a stutter in any of his films? It feels like we should have done. Um in Split or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's quite good casting, but I really like this kid, though. I thought he was really good. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we have the little fat kid, mm-hmm. Ben, uh, played by Jeremy Ray Taylor. And yeah. he's going to be played by Jonah Hill. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I I really, I do kind of wish he was Jack Black. I mean, he's <laughs> a bit too, well, he's not a bit too old, he's way too old, but it just feels like that's the part Jack Black comes into. No, because he's, yeah. as you'll remember from the book and everything, he grows up to be quite a sexy young man. Oh, he, he does actually. Yeah, he's been oh, played yes. by Jan Ryan, who's Jan? just a, a I don't know who Jan Ryan. J Ryan. Who, who is? Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> I wrote it down wrong. Obviously, I made a typo. Yeah. Uh, he, he's just uh, another TV actor. Another, never heard it. of him. TV actor. Yeah. What's the TV here? Yeah. Um, but I, I think that kid, Jeremy Ray Taylor, little fat boy. Mm-hmm. Little fat kid. Have you go on his IMDb page? Okay. Look at his headshot. Right, one sec. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> is that is that a deliberately self-conscious picture, or is that taking <laughs> himself know. seriously? <laughs> so, listeners, um, if you want to as well, you can look at Jeremy Ray Taylor's IMDb headshot. <laughs> it is a a professionally shot actor's headshot. He's doing a very kind of sultry expression, and he's got a jacket, uh, sort of chucked over his shoulder. <laughs> it just, it just looks like a pose you couldn't possibly do, <laughs> unironically, in this day and age, unless you were an eight-year-old child and therefore <laughs> hadn't had the life experience to be aware of how funny it. And would you've be. never seen the oh, films, yeah, or the Office. <laughs> I, I have to say, I think Jeremy Ray Taylor is great in this. Yeah. Uh, just to, to rein it back from making fun of the poor kid. Um, I think he does a great job. I think he has so, so much uh, personality and heart. Just natural charisma, I guess, that just comes across in what he's doing. Yeah. The, I, yeah, I agree. I think he's he's very good. Um, and he, he, gets, he sort of plays the picked on, like, loser fat kid. But as soon as he sort of gets with people who treat him nicely, you know, he's kind of settles into their level very quickly and sort of, yeah, you know, I but like I think that. that's it, there it, all the way. You know, you see he's a nice kid. Yeah. He's just the new kid. So everyone picks on him and he's yeah. fat, so pick, pick on him. And... I, I did like that, though. It reminded me of school, my actual school experience. <laughs> when, you, when you were where... the new kids. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, just, guys, I know I'm like... fat, but I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I'm Eddie. You're obviously this kid's uh, soul. <laughs> I think there's very few. I think there's very few kids at schools who are like proper freaks with no mates. I think most of them are a bit fucking weird, but they kind of fall into a little social group and they have friends. And do you know what I mean? That I, was I, me. I, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. I, yeah, I think it's very relatable, and I like how this film handles that because this does just feel like one of those ragtag groups of friends, and yeah. you know, but they're not like they're all quite believably uncool in, mm. in one way or another or unpopular kind of yeah but you can you can see why they would get on together like they've all but yeah, they're not yeah. they're not like there's nothing wrong with them they're not dweebs they're not nerds or, yeah, or exactly, whatever but they exactly. they're not the popular kids either it's all fine that I, th- I would say possible exception to that no, i think it still works but it's it's just dealt with in a slightly more extreme way is, is beverly 
Um, mm. Like she seems to be really hated by these other girls. It's never quite clear why, but I think that's. I went to a boys' school, so I'm not too sure. But I think that's kind of what teenage girls are like. They're just pure bitch sometimes, uh, and they decide they hate someone. So, so I think it sort of falls into that category. And obviously, she's got trouble at home, so um, mm. that's kind of affecting her personal life. And I, I kind of like that because you know, a girl hanging out with a group of boys. You know, I know it's 2019 now. It's all all right then, but in 1989, that wasn't that just didn't happen really. And but I think it makes sense here the way it happens, the way it kind of comes about, and the fact that she's sort of she's very definitely trying to escape uh, from something she doesn't fit in with girls. So she's become she's you know I think it all makes sense and works. Um, well, yeah, I mean, talking about her, I, I think I said in the previous record, Sophia Lillis, mm-hmm. who plays young Beverly. Yeah. Um, I'm making that distinction as if we're talking about the sequel, but we're not. Uh, who plays Beverly? Is um, I think she gives a, an astonishing performance here. I think mm. she is absolutely fantastic. Yep. And and I think I called her out as someone who was going to be a, a huge, huge star back when we spoke about this film mm-hmm. last time round. She she's kind of been letting me down a bit on that front uh, <laughs> in the two years since. Has she done anything? Nancy Drew in the Staircase. That's a good one, that. Nancy Drew in the <laughs> staircase. She she plays Nancy Drew. It looks like a very high end production for Sony. That one. That's a. Um, that's a I mean, that's a lead role. What more do you want? Well, Google it. Look at the poster. <laughs> okay. She just needs to like do this so she can put it on her CV, get it in a show reel, show that she can at least carry ninety minutes, and then. <laughs> Did t- <laughs> that poster looks like someone's made it as a GCSE project. <laughs> they should have hired a graphic designer. Well, she she's also playing young Amy Adams in an HBO series at the minute. That makes Sharp sense. Objects. Just based on looks alone, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So I, I think she's still. I think what's going to happen is she'll turn like she'll get to be about twenty, and then people won't feel bad about sexualizing her, mm-hmm. and then it's all going to well, blow up. Do they feel bad about it in this? Uh, well, actually, I was going to bring this up because I think they handle it quite. Well, because obviously there's this awkward bit where they're jumping in the uh, the little lake thing, and uh, the boys have all got the tops off, and she's got you know her underwear on, and they're sort of like looking at her, and they're obviously it's played for laughs, you know that they're just sort of like never seen a girl in a bra before. I think it's um, handled. I think it's handled well because they when when she's sexualized as such, or as in when we sort of look at her in that way, it's through the boy's eyes, which makes perfect sense. Mm. And then mm. it also comes with that slight innocence that, that comes with that age. Mm. And it's extremely relevant to her character mm-hmm. and everything that shapes and informs her character, yeah. how she's been treated by men. Mm-hmm. There's a scene uh, early on where she distracts the the, the clerk in the in the pharmacy um, just by being a little bit flirtatious uh, mm. in quite an innocent way, but he's obviously like, yeah, t- really oh, goes God, all in. They it. have cast the the most. <laughs> they not just cast, but you know, costume and makeup thing <laughs> up to be the most heinously creepy man. I thought it was Jeffrey Jones at first. <laughs> and... Oh, Jeffrey Jones would never perv on a child. Well, the, well, the six. I was like, "Oh wow, that's Jeffrey Jones. He must be sort of making a comeback with these small roles." And then he ended up sort of like being a pedo. And then I was like, "Oh no, it can't be Jeffrey Jones. He wouldn't." <laughs> That'd be, be great. Able to <laughs> That'd be great if that was the roles he was doing. Now he's just embracing them. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to see a really bad example of a film that. Um, sexualizes an underage girl than uh, the Pierce Brosnan film IT, which I swear I talk about oh, inordinately. Yeah. But um that film did you do really... that on purpose, Calvin? Uh, did, did I do it on purpose? Comparing it and IT. Oh shit! Oh I didn't even realise what I was doing. <laughs> oh my god, that's brilliant. But there is a, a terrible Pierce Brosnan film called IT IT because it's his Pierce Brosnan's IT guy is like uh causing <laughs> trouble for him in his smart home but uh the the whole conflict in that film comes from that the it guy... maybe you should try turning it off and on again <laughs> you know 
how far off what it actually is. Um, but a, a part of the motivation of that is that his, uh, his IT guy has a crush on Pierce Brosnan's underage daughter, and there are scenes where we see the guy looking at the girl, but then she is just shot like she's Megan Fox in a Transformers film. It's like with the camera like up her bum as she's cool. walking to the pool and all this kind of stuff. So I, I thought it was very well handled here. Does look a bit weird, but that whole thing. If we get into plot a little bit, that that there's a love triangle sort of thing with fat kid loves the well loves fat kid really fancies the girl, mm. but like more than the rest of them, just a crush on her. But she's sort of up for the hero type, um, and even though the fat kid is like the one who's nice to her and always does anything for her, she's just like, yeah, but you're a fat kid, so I'm I'm going with the. <laughs> the good looker, uh, which you know, it's realistic. I like skills. that. <laughs> yeah, because I think it would annoyed me. It would have annoyed me if it had been all like Hollywood and hey, the fat kid gets the girl. It mm. sort of been like, mm. I like that. I like that it is just realistic, and she's <laughs> just like, well, come on. But I think <laughs> if I remember right, doesn't don't they get together in the second one? Her and the fat kid because he's got sexy. Well, yeah, because he get he loses weight and gets hot. <laughs> mm. There you go. It's a perfect. Uh, yeah, film in that way. <laughs> so, yeah, so there are a couple of other act cast members in this, these kids, and I well, believe well, I... hang on, uh, just on, on her still. Oh, yeah. You know who's playing her in the sequel? Yes. No. Amy Adams. <laughs> Bryce Dallas Howard? Close. No. Close. No, but it is a slam dunk of similar proportions. Uh, Jessica Chastain. Oh, I always get those two mixed up anywhere. Yeah, has she has a working relationship with the director. Is that a euphemism? Are they married? No. Um, <laughs> no, just Andy Andy Machetti. Is that how you say his name? Machetti. Machetti. Uh, well, he directed a film called Mama, which uh, Jessica Chastain was the lead in. It's not a good film, but um, they obviously enjoyed working together. And it, yeah. So yeah, good casting. I love Jessica Chastain. That'll be good. Is that all the kids? I think it is. No, but I I no, said there's, there's back when two, we watched uh... this back when we watched this another previously, I did say and I still uh, concur that the two kind of get forgotten. Who maybe they should have merged. There's there's yeah there's too many characters and these two that we haven't mentioned yet. There's not really much point in them being there. They don't add anything. Oh, yeah. They kind of get forgotten in the plot as well. They just yeah. feel like add-ons. There's the slaughterhouse yeah. uh, kid, isn't there? Yeah. He's yeah, got his Mike. granddad being like, just kill yeah. the fucking sheep and all this. Yeah. The sheep. <laughs> <laughs> am, I, am I right in remembering he's kind of got a bigger role to play when they're all adults and come back? Because he's the one who never leaves. He's kind of the ringleader as, as the adults because he's the one who stays in the town and, yeah. and sort of pulls them all back. Yeah, so I, I'm alright with that. I, I can see how that... Had... Pay off. He's been played by a guy called Isaiah Mustafa, yeah. who I've never heard of. Uh, TV again, I think. TV guy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And then lastly, we've got Stanley, who Which one's that? and this might who's the other one. I watched this like literally two days ago. Oh, he's the Jewish one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna say that is his, that is his defining character trait. That's all he's got. He's afraid of that abstract painting. <laughs> As written by Stephen King, that is his personality. It boils down to Jewish. Yeah. And then Stephen King forgot to add any other details. <laughs> um, yeah, he's played by Wyatt Olaf, who does a perfectly adequate job um, in yeah. the role. He played young Peter Quill in both Guardians of the Galaxy movies, yeah. in little flashbacks. That's his other claim to fame. Yeah, I mean, he's fine. He doesn't really have much to do. He gets very forgotten, I think, in the body of the film. Yeah, I don't think he does anything as an adult either. Hmm. I don't think yeah. he... Well, he's been played by a guy called Andy Bean, who is another... Bean. Who the fuck's that? The great Andy Bean. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. So, yeah, they're, them's our kids. Hmm. And uh, obviously Bill Skarsgård's returning in the sequel mm-hmm. mm. as Pennywise. Mm. Great. We've already spoken about. He's very good. Mm. So, plot then? Yeah. Plot. Uh, there's a clown eating people, but sometimes it doesn't eat them. It just puts them in a in a floaty light. Floaty mm. light. 
Right, I think we might have, just to go into the clown a bit more, it's, uh, I think we might have covered this with the first uh, episode we did on this as well, but um, just, I, I have a hard time with the lack of law and rules about this entity, hmm. what it can and can't do, like, there are some times where it's like, well, yeah. if it can just appear whenever it wants... Why doesn't it just appear in their bedroom at night and, you know, be done? I get that it wants to feed on the fear. It wants to scare them. But certainly towards the end, it just looks like it just can't wait to just fucking kill them and get it over with. So it is, It's weird. There's certain moments where, for example, uh, Eddie, is it? The, the hypochondriac one, mm-hmm. um, is being chased outside that house and... Oh yeah. At first it's a leper and then it just takes the form of Pennywise and mm. he's being chased and he gets far away enough that he turns around and Pennywise is like, ah, go on then. Fuck it. Mm. I'll let you go. Well, yeah. And it's like, what, is he just lazy? He can't be bothered? Because he could def- he can move fucking fast when he wants to. You've seen him like fly across that room in that house. Like mm. he can so, yeah, I kind of agree with you, actually. It really bothered me in the Tim Curry version, the lack mm. of tangible rules. Never really bothered me in this one when I was watching it. It's more mm. just little slight niggles that then when I think about it afterwards are like, that's yeah, a bit weird. Yeah. And so I, I guess it's a testament to the filmmaking on show that you know, I kind mm. of just get sucked into it in this version. But I, I do agree with you. It is very <laughs> annoying that they can't kind of nail it down a bit more. Because mm. mm. it, do- it doesn't... I wouldn't mind if it felt like there were tangible rules and we just weren't having them spoon-fed to us. Mm. But you kind of get the sense that Stephen King just doesn't know and he just kind of yeah. mm. makes shit up as he goes. Well, there yeah. is a, there is a sense that what he does is try and scare kids because he feeds off their fear or, or something like that. And so the Even way they, that's inconsistent. Yeah. And the way they defeat him at the end is because they're no longer scared of him. And it's like, okay, whatever. But that, yeah. So then at what point does he go in for the kill? Like after he scares them, you know, how scared do they have to be before he decides to eat them or, or, or save them in his yeah. fridge? The problem with that is he isn't trying to scare Georgie at the start, or at least it, doesn't come across that way. No. It comes across like if anything, he's trying to be sincerely quite friendly and and appealing to the little kid in order to lure him close. Which he does. It works. Yeah, yeah. It's it is just messy and and also. But then he eats Georgie. Maybe that's because he. Maybe it's because he's just woken up and he needs, he just a, snack. needs a bit of energy. <laughs> and the rest are like he's saving them for later and getting them as scared as he can. Mm. And the the other. Th- the other thing with the with the way that it manifests itself to be scary, now this is a problem I had, and it's from the it's again it's from the books. It's it's just totally arbitrary. It's just like okay, look, there's a scary painting on the wall, so that's what he's scared of, and so I'll manifest mm. as that. Oh, this guy's well, I mean, scared it's not of germs. Quite as so arbitrary like, in this film. It is the leper isn't um, arbitrary. That's built into that character and their personality. Yeah, he's about... scared of germs and stuff. So there's this leper. Yeah, Calvin. But did that remind you? Do you know what I'm going to say? Of when you used to chase me around the flats, <laughs> our student house. Yeah. Is that what you guess? When I, used, when I used to go, Calvin, and like run after you in a way that was. Extremely um politically incorrect, but it was okay from my point of view because I was just doing it to highlight your prejudices, <laughs> like Borat. Yeah, <laughs> like, like Borat. Uh, no, this this uh, leper thing did um, scare me quite a lot, and then I did have to question myself afterwards. Like, oh God, Calvin, you're just afraid of a physical disability. Um, well, it's trying to kill him. It seems like as well. So. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but no, I that 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 was the most scary thing uh, for from for the rest of the film outside of the first like ten minutes for me. I didn't like yeah. that at all. But I think it's uh, these like scary things are much better than in the miniseries where yeah, completely. It's just like weird monsters. What I want is yeah, it's just weird monsters. Uh, yeah, they they kind of get a feel that yeah okay he's the one who's scared of germs so there's a germy guy. In, is it just the book or the original where one of them is I watched a scary film on yeah. TV last yeah, night? Yeah, he watches a werewolf taking the form of a werewolf. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like if that's trying to tap into like kids are scared of things in the immediate sense like this watch a scary movie. 
Well, I like that because the painting does that, and it, that's all you need on that front. It, that is just like, look, these are kids, and they're scared of shit. But the thing with Beverly is so much more uh, kind of in tune with a character thing. You know, it's this whole period yeah. thing, and so she gets blown up with blood. It's sort of they they connect it with her hair that she's chopped off. It's like has that connection. So, but then it, yeah. but then it's still like, oh, there's some creepy kid voices in the sink. Like, what what does that mean? You know what I mean? It's just. It's just Stephen King going, oh, that would be kind of scary. There's no depth to it. There's not enough depth to it, anyway, put it that way. Mm. I thought there was more than the original one, so I was sort of happy yeah. with. I was happy oh, with yeah. just even the loose, like, you know, tangent, uh, tangentially related yeah. things. Like, uh, Yeah. But it, yeah. Also, it also has... It's basically like, right, this character, now let's see what his scary thing is. Okay, next oh, yeah. character, let's see yeah, what his scary even, thing um, is. Yeah, and even... Yeah. Even the uh, uh, oh god, what's his name? Shit, the um, uh, the fire one, Mike. Yeah, like his things born out of real mm-hmm. trauma in his life. It's you know, it's a real event that's happened. Yeah, but something we never really get a, a real backstory of. We never get the details of that we well, never think you get we never quite get I think a, you get more than enough of them we never get a sense of his trauma we don't get any of his character so we yeah that's true it's just not enough there true. you know if you're gonna do a story about that do a story about that mm. yeah yeah his parents are killed in a fire or whatever it is and then like that you could really play with that you're not meant to play with fire alan what is the uh comedian one afraid of he's just clowns isn't he like he just he says at one point, some of the, what are you afraid of? And he says, I don't like clowns. But there's nothing deeper than that, is there? I can't really remember for him. Mm. Yeah, I don't think he's really got... <laughs> mm. And then the other ones, obviously, it's all tied to losing Georgie. and That, that one makes sense. But that's your story. Yeah. That one and the girl, That's you, just do those two. You don't even need yeah, any other characters. I mean, that's it. I, I think they, they pay enough lip service to the idea that it, it isn't just completely arbitrary. I'm happy with it. It's fine. It, I think if you just take two of them out, it'd be so much smoother. It's just... yeah. yeah, fair enough. Yeah, like, because yeah. And it just doesn't feel as just plodding. I mean, although mm. to be fair, this film whips along. I, don't, I didn't feel like... Considering that, I didn't feel yeah, like... Yeah, considering it's quite long. Yeah. Oh, oh I disagree. Oh, I, I thought it was at least half an hour too long. Oh. I uh, I did have to... Yeah, at one point I like paused to, to go get a snack or something, and I was like, I'm only an hour in. Like, there's another hour have left. You, have you seen how long the new one is? Oh, no. Is it even longer? It's, a, it's like nearly three hours. Oh, <sighs> it's two hours, 49 minutes. It's the In the book, it's completely completely insane hmm. and in the TV thing sorry, in the TV thing they kind of half arse it so it doesn't work either way well from what I've heard hearing the director talk about it it sounds like they are going to fully embrace the insanity of the book hmm. he, he, I've heard him say things about how he wants it to just be a full on like trip and get really <laughs> metaphysical and fucking strange so I, I don't think they're going to half-ass it whether or not it's going to work who the fuck well, it definitely knows, won't but... work but they, <laughs> they do have it at the beginning at the end of this where beverly is sort of taken by the lights and sort of transfixed that's kind of what happens basically hmm. um but i don't know you know it doesn't make any sense in the book it's just the ramblings of a drunken man stephen king <laughs> just an alcoholic <laughs> who was just churning stuff out and is a good enough mm. writer to make people think it works. Mm. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like that the psycho house was just here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> with like an extra like, yeah, wing stuck on one side but otherwise it was just like oh yeah no that's just it in fact i do love that whole bit where they go into this uh creepy old house at one point um and uh, all the stuff that happens in there when they're in there i think is really cool and scary and the uh pennywise is proper like shape shifting and i think they handle that whole thing a lot better than they did in the 90s version mm. where it's that yeah. horrible stop motion spider tim curry yeah yeah I mean, it has to be said, this is a film that not only has an increased budget, but it's got, you know, 20, 
seven years of improved special effects. Oh, like yeah. The rise yeah. of CGI and everything, and it makes the world of difference mm-hmm. um, to what just how they can uh, realize that story and, mm. and make it work. It just doesn't feel like they're really hitting on that. Like, I just don't know what the film's about. What is it saying? Apart from, ooh, look, a scary thing. <laughs> and that's ultimately, that's my kind of ultimate disappointment with it. Hmm. It feels a bit sort of superficial, I think. I hear your complaints, but I also think it's just so remarkable that they took a Stephen King book and one that is one of the most go-to examples of Stephen King's faults <laughs> as a writer and like just fucking smashed it into shape and you know put a nice dress on it and and turned it into something mm. that works as well as it does no i, I agree i think I think this is the, probably the best you can do with that source material without dramatically changing it. For example, removing characters, uh, you know, changing the the villain kind of dramatically to to sort of stick pretty much stick to the story. They've done the best you can do with this. Yeah, but I think that's it. It's, it's remarkable not only that it's like such a good job of it, but that it that it's a. I think it's a very good, effective film overall, and that that's mm. not something I would expect from. I haven't read the book, and to be fair. Stephen King is a bit like this as a, a writer, to be perfectly honest. His writing that I have read tends to be full of all sorts of issues, and yet you just it somehow kind of works in spite of them. And I think this film somehow understands that, because it's got problems, but it I think it just kind of works in spite of them. And I don't know how or why, frankly. I don't know what it's doing to make Stephen King work this well, but mm. it, it, it it's doing it. Hmm. And I should add, I, I think Stephen King is capable of just out-and-out out phenomenal writing, but, you know, he, he does, like, what, three books a month? So <laughs> <laughs> the batting average is not that high, necessarily. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, um, I'm sticking with my rating I gave it way back when we first spoke about it, which was a, an 8 out of 10, a very solid 8. Mm. Um, I, I really like it. I'm also sticking to my rating, which was a 7. Oh. I thought you were going to go lower than that. Like I say, it's a, it is a good film. Like it's a well-made film, and every way the way it's shot and the, the visuals are really beautiful. I just think the the source material lets it down. Basically, I think it's just a little bit too yeah. shallow. Hmm. Interesting. Um. Well, I'm going to go for an eight as well. I I really enjoyed it. Uh. It's not. It's it's far too long. I think. I no film about a scary clown terrorizing children should be over two hours long. But some really I cool. Do agree. Yeah. yeah. Some really cool and effective set pieces, and the acting's all really good. I just agree with what Saul was saying about just the general craft of the filmmaking itself is just really good and probably mm. better than it has any uh, business being. Uh, I certainly think it elevates the material. It's bizarre that that's become. So such a prevalent thing in this sort of Stephen King boom we're having because the Pet Cemetery remake was the same exact thing. Mm. It was really well put together on a technical level. The the, the issues with it were largely with the writing. It was mm. very odd. It, it's just weird that Stephen King seems to be luring in such high caliber filmmaking talent at the moment. But mm. I am looking forward to seeing the sequel. In the sense that I'm curious as to what it's going to be. I don't think I'm going to like it. It's going to be very interesting to see what they do with it and how well it works. I think it's going to really exacerbate all the worst elements in that whole sort of interdimensional thing. And it's two hours and 45 minutes long, so it's obviously not going to be... 49 minutes, Alan. <laughs> two hours, 49 minutes. It's definitely oh not going to justify that, is it? <laughs> that, that that just shows how you know you have to have a really successful, like, highest-grossing horror film of all time to just have that kind of, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make it over two and a half hours long and there's nothing you can do about it because you want your $700 million. Yeah. And it, I mean, it also feels that you know, just from the casting, it's like, yep, yeah, we've got the main three and some others. Uh, <laughs> and I think that may come across in the characters. And I think I'm going to walk away from it just again, just going, why didn't they just cut some characters out, for God's sake? Well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they found some really great acting talent, because mm-hmm. that's pretty much what they did with those kids, isn't it? They they largely... Yeah, but kids are all unknown, so you have to do that. Well, yeah, but 
they've they've got a load of big stars in there. They don't all need to be big stars. And why not stick some lesser known actors in? They were good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm sure they're fine actors. They're all, they're all working actors. But they are. It's not even like they're like, oh yeah, he did that little role in that thing. He's good. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, you do a lot of TV and not good TV. Well, I don't yeah, know. I won't judge too harshly before I see it. Well, yeah, I was about to say, you're, you're, who are you playing uh, <laughs> next week, Alan? <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, could, I could have played one of these fucking people. <laughs> if we were, if we were making this film. Obviously, Calvin would be Eddie. Yeah. Mm. Goes without saying. Who would you be, Alan? Who would you be, grown up? Uh, uh, um, who do I most identify with as the children? Um, I'd be that kid who carves up the fat kid's stomach with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> and we never really talked about that whole thing, did we? Mm. Uh, That's bullies. Well, that is actually kind of another element of this film, which is in the book, mm. uh, in which that bully character is essentially mind-controlled by Pennywise. That's the inference, isn't it? Uh, yeah. That yeah. uh, he, uh, to kill his father. Well, he's very significant in part two in yes. the... Um... Certainly in the old miniseries, so yes. I assume he's... Hmm. Yes, I think he was in the trailer I saw. Yeah. Well, you know, version of him. Um, yeah, so that's the whole thing. But I probably would have been one of his mates who was like, hang on, that's a bit much, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You'd be the one who's holding a cat up for him to shoot, but then you sort of go, oh, I don't really want to hold a cat up for you to shoot. I couldn't even pretend to... And then, and then he's up. like, no, it's just for a photo, just put it in your mouth. And you're like, oh, okay, I can do that. No, that's funny, yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. I don't identify with any of them. Well, <laughs> I guess I'm the well. clown then. <laughs> Soul, who do you see yourself as? Uh, can I be the? Can I be the fat one who becomes sexy? <laughs> <laughs> You're either that or the one who thinks he's funny and isn't. Yeah, I don't want to be that. One, <laughs> I I think that might be uh, that might be your counterpart. <laughs> no, I don't want to. <laughs> Do you think I want to be the hypochondriac? <laughs> Alan, I've just realised who you'd be. You'd be the guy that Beverly flirts with who works at a <laughs> pharmaceutical place. Jeffrey Jones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. What could they do for It Chapter 3? That's that's what we're all really wondering. Well, they'd have to be 27 years later. They'd be sort of in their late 60s. It part 3. Yeah. Um, I like it. In an older, old people's home. Yeah. You could have... So we've got to recast again. Ooh. Jack Nicholson as... Well, Jack Nicholson would be 20 years too old, so... <laughs> again. Hey, Jack Black can play the fat one! He's got fat again! <laughs> Who could we... Who's, Jack Black. Who's in this A bit of old 60s. age maker. Jack Black. John Will Goodman. Will <laughs> Why has he got fat again? <laughs> Because that's funny. That's funny. Bookmark. That's like bookending it either side. Fat and thin and fat. <clears throat> no, genuinely though. Who who's actors in their sort of late sixties? That sort of area. Uh, John Goodman's a decent shout, I think. Yeah, John Goodman. Mm-hmm. Be the right age. Yeah, I like that. Who else? Um, How old's Steve Buscemi? <laughs> How old's Charlie Sheen? Oh. Nicole Kidman is uh, Beverly. That's another. She's not sixty-seven. Up. How old is she? <laughs> I don't she know. Fifty, maybe. Let's have a look. Patricia Clarkson. I'd like her. Julianne Moore would be better. Oh, Julianne Moore, yes, amazing! Perfect. Love it. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Mm. Um, Woody Allen for the Jewish guy. <laughs> Again, 20, 20 years too old, <laughs> at least. <laughs> you know, who would be good for Mike. Go on, Morgan Freeman. Denzel Washington. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you who would be good as the Jewish one. Albert Brooks. Ooh. Oh, my Ooh, God. Yeah. Uh, can we have um, Can we have Alec Baldwin in here somewhere? <laughs> yeah, as the bully. Can't we just get Thomas F. Wilson in? <laughs> Yes, please. Uh, what would happen, though? What would they be doing in their late 60s? 
They're just in the old, old. They're all in the same old people's home, <laughs> back in the little place in Maine. <laughs> None of them ever got married or had kids. Well, if they did, their their partners have died or gone off or something. I think that's a thing in the book, isn't it? That they none of them have had kids. It is definitely. Clown made them stare at because they're they're all in the like they're all about forty, so it's sort of age where you would have done that by then. But yeah, a lot of old people fighting a clown—that'd be good, wouldn't it? I I think I think you genuinely I I do think if you did this and took it seriously, I do think you could make some really interesting horror that plays on the kind of. Fear of aging, mortality, and, and losing your hmm. bodies. Like there um, would be, it would come in the form of like a gravestone with their name on it, going, "Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a gravestone." And, you know, if one <laughs> of them fell and couldn't get up, you could actually make that scary. Oh. You, know? <laughs> you could. <laughs> then I wouldn't even be that old at that point. It's, yes, they're in the late sixties, <laughs> quite agile. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't really make sense to even be in an old people's home in their sixties. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's very true. I mean, the fourth part. Yeah, we need to jump forward. We need some ninety-five-year-old actors. Who do you know? Kirk right. Douglas. Now oh. this is going to be an amazing film. <laughs> Olivia De Havilland. Gene Hackman. Oh. We'll get him out of retirement. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Yeah. <laughs> Oh, there's oh, loads of God. them. Like, how old? Oh, are it's a shame people? Don Rickles is dead because he could be the comedian. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know he'd play the Jewish kid. Uh, who? Jackie Mason. <laughs> is he still alive? I think so. I look forward to talking about this film in another two years. When I've <laughs> yeah. Seen it. Um, I guess we should probably call that a day there then. That's enough, isn't it? <laughs>